We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Patton. Jason, the NBA play-in tournament is here, and the Chicago Bulls are trying to make history as the first number 10 seed ever to win a game in the NBA play-in tournament. Of course, this stat does not go back very far, Jason. The NBA instituted the play-in tournament the year after experimenting with it in the bubble in 2020. Uh, So there's only been a few play-in tournaments in the league history, and the number 10 seed has yet to win a game. The Bulls will be the number 10 seed in the play-in tournament. They will face the Toronto Raptors in a win-or-go-home game. If the Bulls win, they then play the winner of the 7-8 matchup, between the Miami Heat and loser. the Atlanta Hawks. They play the loser. Oh, I'm sorry. They, they play the loser, right. If they win that game, they then earn the right to face the number one seed Milwaukee Bucks in a best of seven first round series. So uh, Bulls and Raptors coming to you in just a couple days. It's going to be a what I would expect to be a pretty ugly matchup between two really good defensive teams and two really mediocre offensive teams that do not space the floor well, that don't have great point guard play, and mostly just don't have supporting casts who can hit a shot. Uh, So Bulls versus Raptors, it's Wednesday at 6 p.m. local time on ESPN. Uh, And that also means, Jason, that the regular season is over. The Bulls finish out the regular season with a win over the Pistons on Sunday. Bulls end the year at 40 and 42. Uh... I guess maybe the front officer ownership will pat themselves on the back for winning 40 games. That's a 40. Without Lonzo Ball. Even though it's a pretty pathetic achievement, of course, they did it only in part because the Dallas Mavericks objectively tanked. Even with a shot, it's still making the play-in because the Mavericks want to keep their top 10 protected pick. I'm going to predict right now, Jason, 
The Mavericks are not going to keep that pick. The NBA will find a way to boost a team lower than the Mavericks into the top four so that the Mavericks are penalized for clearly tanking and they do not get the number 10 pick in the draft. And who knows, Jason, maybe that will be the Bulls, who, if they lose in the play-in tournament, will enter the NBA draft lottery tied for the 11th worst record in the league. They have a 1.7% chance at the number one overall pick and an 8% chance at a top four pick, which would means which would mean the Bulls keep the pick. Otherwise, it is, of course, conveyed to the Orlando Magic from the Vooch trade. So, Jace, I'm just going to first, first I'm going to say the Mavs are not keeping that pick. They tanked, and the NBA does not like tanking. I'm not saying the lottery's rigged, but I'm not, not saying it isn't. <laughs> and Prediction number one, someone's leapfrogging the Magic, or the Mavericks. Uh, and then I guess we could go into the play-in tournament and the end of the regular season. Jason, I was on vacation in New York uh over the last few days so i missed the mavericks game and the pistons game these did not feel like important enough contests for me to actually catch up on given uh that the bulls rested a lot of people the mavericks obviously were trying to lose on purpose uh so tell me jace anything of note happening in those last two games and uh just how do you feel about the end of the regular season in general uh, Marco hit a three-pointer against the Pistons, <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah. I honestly, I, I, what was it? The Mavericks game was Friday night. I was kind of paying attention on my phone. I was doing hanging out with the wife and not watching the t- Mavericks tanking. Shameful. Uh, although, I mean, obje- whatever. Like you could say the Mavs made the right decision, but I think it does just a pathetic moment for their franchise. Like. This investigation that their NBA is doing into the Mavs, like whatever. I mean, I don't not don't really think they should be punished or whatever. Other teams tank as well, but they were just shameless about it. With Luca and Kyrie on the team, with still an opportunity to get in the play in. I know they got the the draft, whatever the top ten pick, but still, you're the you were you have Luka Doncic, you have Kyrie Irving, you were in the Western Conference Finals last year, and you're tanking. <laughs> and they played Luca one quarter because it was like Slovenian heritage night. So they wanted to get him out there for a quarter. Yeah. Uh, and that was it. And, and the bulls almost, I mean, they were getting their ass beat for most of that game. They were down 15 at one point. Uh, they did come back. Kobe had a nice game. Patrick Williams had a nice game. Uh, but, and the Mavs had, they had a chance to tie the game at the end. I think they bricked three straight three pointers, just like awful, terrible tanking stuff. But um and then the Pistons game. I mean, just a total whatever. I mean, I thought the Bulls starters actually played a decent amount of the game, and the game was close when they checked out. So, it, which was kind of funny. The game didn't get out of hand until kind of the scrubs came in. Uh, I mean, the Pistons are bad. The Pistons, I think, won like one game out of their last twenty-two or twenty-three games. The worst they ended with the worst record in the league. I think they were seventeen and sixty-five or something like that. But. Not really much to take from that game yesterday. Again, both starters played a decent amount. Like Zach and DeBar both played, I think, 24, 25 minutes, and the game was close when they checked out for the night. And then kind of at the end, we saw like Carlick Jones. I mentioned Marco hit a three. Uh, some of the other just bench guys, Dalen played. And I was not really watching that. I was watching the Masters and some of the other more interesting NBA games. But uh, the Bulls won. You could argue they should have tried more to lose these last two games because of uh, they were locked into the 10 seed. And if they would have... Uh, if they would have lost the last two games, that could have helped their chances of keeping that pick, but they didn't. They're 40 and 42. I was kind of hoping they'd finish 41 and 41, uh, but they got smoked by the Bucks, the last Bucks game, which the Bucks didn't have Giannis, didn't have Chris. Uh, they lost Chris Middleton early on, and the Bulls still just got embarrassed in Milwaukee. Uh, 
a good primer for what would happen if the Bulls make it through this plan. But regular season at this point was obviously a very frustrating regular season. Uh, I'm glad that it's over. Uh, at least now we have games where they actually matter. And if they lose, they're fucking done. And if they somehow do get through and play the Bucks, they will get absolutely destroyed by the Bucks. But um, if they do go on the road and win two games in this playing tournament, and good for them. If we get to see Patrick Beverly have another one of his playing moments, good for him and good for them. Uh, this Raptors matchup specifically, uh, we kind of have, I feel like a, a lot of people have like pegged this as the matchup that was going to happen for a while now. Because they've just been two teams that people expected more from probably even more of the Raptors. I mean, we talk about the Bulls blowing things up. The Raptors were a team all season where everyone was like, okay, they're blowing things up. Everyone's waiting on the Raptors. Are they going to trade OG? Uh, are they going to trade Fred Van Vliet? Are they going to trade even Siakam? Gary Trent Jr. is another guy constantly on the trade block. And because they were just a disappointing team with all these guys, you would think the Raptors would be dis- would be a better team with all this talent they have. But not having any centers and not having any shooting has absolutely was a big problem for them. That's why they were kind of just meandering along all season like the Bulls were. Um, but they ended up buying at the trade deadline and getting Jakob Pertl. And they have been better since getting Pertl. Um, I think there's something like 15 and 10 since they were, I think, a season high five five games under at one point. The Bulls were obviously, I believe, seven games was their was their high mark or I guess low water mark. And the Raptors were 20 Raptors were 23 and 30 at one point, so they were seven games under a cu- at a couple points. So they were really disappointing. They, like I said, they've kind of gotten better here with Pearl. Actually, again, having a center, an actual center, and not just relying on. All their wings has helped them. Pirtle's just a really solid player on both ends. Solid passer and finisher on the basket is a pretty solid rim protector, good defensive player. So he has kind of stabilized them a little bit. And I know I think OG's been playing pretty well. Yeah, obviously they had, did have some injury problems here this year. Siakam is really good. But the Raptors, as we have mentioned on this pod multiple times, are just annoying as hell to play against. They're so long, very athletic. They In the two game, the Bulls played them three times this year. The two games in Toronto were just ugly as you kind of drag them out, beat them up games where the Raptors absolutely destroyed the Bulls on the glass, offensive rebounds, rebounding. And the Raptors won both those games in Toronto with kind of just that using their size and their athleticism. They were close games, both games very competitive. Um, the game in Chicago, the Bulls won pretty handily. They won by 14. The Raptors just had no answer. And they did not crush them on the glass in that game. But the two games in Toronto, Raptors energy and all that kind of stuff just was played a huge role in those games. And the Bulls were not able to handle their size well, and they just weren't able to score either. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what the bull, what Billy Donovan does. He was talking today a bit. Like some people are wondering, is he going to start Patrick Williams for some more size over either Beverly or Alex Caruso and kind of change it up there just to bring a little more size. We know Patrick Williams isn't a great rebounder, but just having a bigger player out there, and to like match up possibly with whatever Siakam, maybe they do something like that. We'll see if he does that. Like I said, he kind of talked about it, but he also mentioned, and it is true, the Bulls lineup with Patrick Beverly, their starting lineup has been much better. The the, the net rating is like 14. I hold on, I have this pulled up right now. In 267 minutes, that's the Bulls starting lineup with Beverly and Caruso in there with their big three is a plus 14.7 net rating, 115.6 offensive rating, 100.9. So that's obviously pretty solid offensively, not like elite by any means, but then that defensive number uh, has been super elite. Um, some of that has been, is, is still, I would consider a kind of small sample size stuff. And we, they've had a few games where they've just absolutely blown the doors off bad teams. I remember that Brooklyn game. I think that was, that might've been Beverly's first game where they won that game by 40 points. We've also seen some really ugly games with this lineup where they haven't been able to do anything against the Lakers at home, against the Clippers, the Sixers game where they were down 23 to two. So there've been some really 
huge swings. I feel like an effectiveness with this Bulls team of late, even though they did go five over five hundred since the since they uh, were seven under. I think at the at the All Star break when they got Beverly during the break, uh, this lineup, the starting lineup, has been better um, because their defense has been elite. Uh, we know the big three together has not been has been super mid. I looked it up just now. They have the Bulls' big three of Zach Demar and and Vooch played the most minutes in the league out of any three man lineup. Sixteen forty two. They were a minus thirteen on the season. So mid, but with Beverly and Crusoe, they've been better. Um, so this matchup is probably going to be ugly. Demar has really struggled in these lineups. We know that they're going to blitz Demar. They're going to throw all their long defenders at Demar. He's had problems with turnovers and just has not shot well. So the Bulls, if they're going to win, they'll probably need DeMar to play better than he has against the Raptors so far this season. Is that going to happen against his former team in the playoffs? Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's like a crazy just concoction mix because we know DeMar has had his playoff issues. Or maybe it all comes together for him and he takes down his former team. But I think it's going to be ugly. It's probably going to be pretty low scoring, probably a lot of ugly bricks and probably a good amount of turnovers. And I think it's going to be a close game. What what does that mean? The uh, Do I think the Bulls would win? I would guess... I'm not going to, I certainly would not bet on this game. I would probably lean towards the Raptors having a slight advantage. They are very good at home this year. I think there's something like 27 and 14, but I think it's going to be close. I'd be surprised if it's a blowout. And Bulls have obviously struggled in close games this year. But I mean, if you have, you have, I, I would trust Damar and Zach a little more than I would trust the Raptors, like half court guys. But the Bulls have had, tr- had problems in, in close games like this, and they've, including against the Raptors. So, it's gonna be an interesting game. Like I said, I don't think the Bulls are gonna like definitely gonna lose. I would not pick them to win, but they have a chance for sure. All these teams, these playing teams, are just all kind of mid, all kind of similar. And the Bulls and Raptors, especially Spider-Man meme, pointing meme. It's it's like this game right here. <laughs> yeah, these teams are very similar. I know Steph No did a good breakdown of the statistical similarities between the two teams both get a ton of deflections the Raptors I believe are number one in the league in defensive turnover rate the Bulls are top five in that statistic uh the Raptors have a more balanced offense they're they ended the year 11th in offensive rating in the NBA the Bulls were 24th one thing that's funny about that though the Bulls by field goal percentage were fifth fifth in the entire league or I'm sorry fourth fourth in the entire league in field goal percentage the Raptors were 27th so that basically tells you all you need to know about the way the Bulls are constructed. They were fourth in the league in field goal percentage and 24th in offense. Why did that happen, Jason? It's because they don't take or make enough threes. So every time Stacey King says the Bulls need to pound the ball inside to Vooch for post-up buckets like this is 1997, <laughs> uh, the Bulls make a lot of their two-point shots. They just don't score very efficiently because they don't take very efficient shots or make them in an efficient manner. I'm glad you brought up the DeMar thing and his playoff struggles, because I feel like if the Bulls lose this game and if DeMar doesn't put up 25 or more, people are going to be like, oh, DeMar shrinking in the playoffs once again. Well, here's the thing. The Raptors are not going to give DeMar the opportunity to shed that label as a playoff choker, because every time he gets the ball inside a half court, they're going to send two defenders at him. And we know that that's what Nick Nurse always does against everyone. We've seen him do it against the Bulls. The Raptors do not play straight-up man-to-man defense very often. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at the Bulls, and specifically at DeMar, to try to make anyone else on this team beat Toronto. So uh, expect to see a box in one. Expect to see a triangle in two. 
Think of some other defenses you've heard of, and I would bet the Raptors <laughs> throw that at the Bulls as well. Uh, very reminiscent of the first round series between the Bulls and the Bucks last year when, once again, Milwaukee basically dared any other Chicago role player to hit a shot, force the ball out of DeMar's hands. So, like, coming into this game, I'm not like DeMar has to win the game for the Bulls. DeMar needs to score 30 or 40 or whatever it is. Of course, he's capable of doing that. But I think the Raptors' game plan is going to be, all right, let's see if Patrick Williams can hit some shots. Let's see if Caruso can hit some shots. Let's let Voot shoot threes and see if he can beat us. So if the Bulls win this game, uh, I think it's going to have to be one of those games where, like, Vooch hits four threes. And Caruso hits a couple threes and Io hits one or two threes. And all of that is certainly possible. Like, you know, the line is Raptors minus five or five point favorite, which makes sense at home. Uh, But I agree that I think this is basically a coin flip. The Bulls have not been a great road team this year. So really no outcome would surprise me because this is the Bulls, man. Uh, They've been consistently inconsistent throughout the year. Oftentimes they you know, just don't really play with a great edge. You would think that in a knockout game that they won't get out to another horrible start the way the starters have gotten out to slow start so many times this season. Uh, But we'll see. We'll see what Billy Donovan has in store for the Bulls to try to beat this scrambling Raptors defense and see if he has any tricks up his sleeve to uh, get off to a better start. One thing I would want to see, Jace, and we've talked about it so much throughout the year, is let's try to get Zach Levine going off ball a little bit more. With the Raptors uh, just having a very chaotic defensive game plan, typically, you would think there would be some opportunities for Levine to shake free for catch-and-shoot chances uh, from three-point range. So I would like to see Levine take 10 threes in this game. Of course, I want him to take 10 threes every game. And for the year, Levine, you know, he had a good year shooting the ball. I think he made 37.5% of his threes at seven and a half attempts per game, something like that. Uh, but they need Zach to really up the volume, 7.1 attempts per game from three. I'm sorry. They need Zach to up the volume from three because this game currently is looking like a rock fight. Zach is the best three-point shooter between the two teams, I would say. And, uh, you know, Zach hasn't really had a great performance in a big game, right? Like he was playing hurt against the Bucs in the first round last year. That was the only time he made the playoffs. So I think a lot of people who haven't been paying super close attention to this year probably think Zach sort of struggled this year. But really, if you look at Zach's numbers, like they're basically as good as ever. He averaged 25 a game. His scoring efficiency was pretty good. Uh, He was bad in October and November coming off knee surgery. but. Uh, Zach recovered really well after that. And, you know, Zach, he's not a number one option. He certainly has some holes in his game, but he's a phenomenal scorer. He's really good at getting to the rim. He's really good at shooting threes. I think part of the reason Levine might have a reputation still as maybe like not a winning player around the NBA is because he just hasn't had a big performance in a big game. So that's what I want to see out of Zach Levine. This is a huge chance for Zach Levine on an ESPN nationally televised game to just pop off against Toronto to put the Bulls in position to make the playoffs in the next game. Uh, And if Levine can go off for like 30, 35, 40 in this game, 
uh, I think that that would be like probably the biggest game of his career, given the yeah. stakes. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I want to see Zach, Zach go off. Yeah, I mean, to your point too, like if they are going to trap tomorrow, which almost certainly they will, Zach. Zach, right here. Here's, if they're going to be driving tomorrow, that means you're going to hopefully get more opportunities. And you mentioned either threes or if the defense is scrambling, if the Bulls are actually able to move the ball without turning it over, getting to the basket. Zach has been getting in the basket at will and finishing. Great. So, like, if they can get the, the Raptors scrambling and out of position, take advantage, getting to the basket, la- launching threes, um, that'd be huge. Yeah, because even, like, looking – even this year, like, we're not going to – I mean, regular season games, obviously the stakes are set up there. And last year was Zach's first postseason appearance. And he just – he was hurt. Uh, and against that Bucks team, just like not a good recipe for success. And he was just kind of whatever. Um, but this will give you a bigger opportunity. Even like in this season, like Zach has been awesome for running on two or three months. But like, has he really had like a signature, signature game? Um, you could kind of call the like this the Memphis game that they just had with the big comeback. He had 36 and nine in a, that huge comeback. And he dominated that game. The Lakers at LA, he had 32. He was really good in that game as well. Some of these other like huge, huge scoring games he had were kind of against against bum teams doing some bum sling and also in some losses. Uh, so yeah, like a big, give me 35 to 40 in a victory and kind of a, an, I don't want to say an arrival Zach Lee game, but it's kind of a statement game. Um, because then, especially if they, I mean, if you then if they if they do win this game and you have either uh, against Miami or Atlanta, like it'd be really fun to play Miami and face Jimmy in in the winner go home game, and you'd think there'd be a some good motivation there to beat Jimmy. The Bulls have owned the Heat this season, uh, so that'd be great. And if it was the Hawks, I mean, the Bulls just got embarrassed by the Hawks a week ago in a game that they should have been up for. And we talk about whatever not having that edge. Zach admitted, like after the game, he was like. You know, we just like weren't we weren't ready to play. We didn't come out with the energy, and which is just super concerning stuff. Like you don't want to be hearing that at this point in the season in a game that theoretically meant a decent amount to them. Um, so again, yeah, not getting off to a slow start will be key. Coming out with that edge, getting Zach going, hopefully really quick, avoiding the turnovers, and then just the rebounding is going to be huge as well. As I mentioned, I mean, look at this last game in Toronto. Final score is one hundred four to ninety eight. Um. Where of it? Hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. The box score. I just had it up. 104 to 98. They lost that game. Uh, I think, and the that was the Bulls were leading going into the fourth quarter. The Raptors outscored them by eight uh, in the fourth. And the Bulls actually in this game they shot 52. percent We're talking about like the the field goal percentage stuff. Bulls in this game they shot 52. percent They actually shot 10 of 25 from three, 40. percent But again, that's such low volume. They had almost 20 turnovers. They lose this game. Because the Raptors, who only shot 40%, they took 23 more shots. They got 19 offensive rebounds. They made, they took 42 threes, and that's 15 threes. So definitely, hopefully, getting that three point margin a little closer. Need to not get absolutely demolished on the offensive glass. Need to not turn the ball over too much. Need to get Zach going. And if they do, like if they, if tomorrow, like I said, I guess with tomorrow, I'm not expecting a big game. I just would like him to play better because in this last game tomorrow had 13 points zero rebounds two assists three turnovers five fouls was a minus 15 tomorrow's got to be better than that yeah i think the most points he scored against the raptors this season is like 20 uh again he doesn't he might need to have to go to 30 30 or 40 if they're going to double team but needs to be a bit more efficient can't be turning the ball over can't be doing absolutely nothing else in the box score and then you need zach to step up and then you need some of these role players to hit a shot as you said Will we see Patrick Williams have a big game? Will we see Kobe? Kobe White had a bad game last time against Toronto. Kobe's been playing a lot better lately. Will Kobe step up to the plate? I think, I mean, I think part, a lot of the reason for the Bulls playing so much better 
Uh, I think Kobe's kind of had a big factor with that, just being a much better option off the bench than he generally has been. He's been a bit more consistent, still somewhat of a streaky shooter, but I think Kobe's strong play has kind of helped them. Now with Beverly in the starting lineup, Kobe's able to kind of do his thing off the bench, uh, and you have Caruso in the starting lineup. They've got they've been a just kind of a little better balance across the whole roster. Obviously, the roster construction is still a total mess, but so will we see those role guys? Will Kobe step up? Will will Pat some, especially those young guys? And that's just really going to be pretty important here because uh with the Bulls in the situation they are, we're not going to talk about the future just yet as we look ahead to this game. But in terms of like the young guys, it'd be great to see them step up and help them win the game because the future just does not look very bright right now. But if whatever, if Pat and Kobe are able to step up and help them out in a game like this, even if they lose, it'd be nice to see that them play well. But if they win, if we see those two guys kind of help out uh, in a win against Toronto on Wednesday, that'd be really nice to see. And it's probably, they're probably going to need it. As you mentioned, the, the Raptors are a bit more balanced with their, with their scoring, but the Raptors bench has not been good this season. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe they have been better lately, but after the portal trade, but like, I know earlier in the season, like Nick nurse was rolling with just Tibbs minutes, playing these guys 40 minutes tonight, getting Pearl helped that, but uh, their bench hasn't been that great. It's kind of hit or miss. Um, so We'll see if uh, if Kobe. We'll see what Billy. Let's, let's. Would you like to see Billy start Pat, or would you rather see him stick with the five with Pat, Bev and Caruso? Yeah, I don't really think it matters too much because I think Pat Will is going to play a I'll lot, play a lot regardless. Yeah, but I would like to see Pat Will start, but I don't know. Like the Bulls have rode this starting lineup since they signed Pat Bev yeah. for the most part, so we'll see. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The other thing I was thinking about, Jace, is we haven't really talked about this on the podcast all year. Maybe it was a missed opportunity. Should Kobe White have been starting over Io DeSumo at point guard all year? We know the Bulls' troubles with getting three-pointers up with volume and making three-pointers. That's what Kobe White can do. Uh, So he would have certainly addressed that. I will say, though, the Bulls finished the season fifth in defensive rating, and I think Io was a big part of that. Now, Io does have some holes defensively. He's not, he you know, he'll get beat off the ball. But Io's sort of really good as an on-ball defender at the point of attack. So you can sort of argue it either way, either like the Bulls only won 40 games, went 40 and 42 on the season because their defense was so elite. Uh, or you could say, you know, 
Kobe's had a good year. Like, this is probably the best year of Kobe's career. He would have certainly addressed the biggest problem with the team, which is role players getting threes up. So do you think Kobe should have been starting? Should we have been banging the drum a little bit more on that throughout the year, Jace? I don't know. Kobe got off to a sluggish start this year as well. He's really come on lately. Um, And, like, Io was – I would have considered Io probably more effective than him for much of last season. I know Kobe got ended up getting more of the playoff minutes, but he was terrible in the Bucs series. He was really, really struggled down the stretch of last season after like a really hot stretch right around the deadline. So coming into this year, like I understood with the Io thing because he started a ton of games last year. He had built up some chemistry with the starters, and they were hoping that Io would take a leap and just kind of just whatever, take that next level, even even if whatever. He's never gonna be as good as Lonzo, but they we're hyping up his shooting improvement and all that stuff. And, uh, and Kobe, I think a lot of people just like, whatever Kobe's good at better as a bench guard. We'll just kind of roll with this and see what happens. And it obviously just did not work. The starting lineup with Pat and Iowa was not very, was not any good. Um, and I mean, maybe they should have tried it later. Obviously once they got Beverly, they were just going to roll with the defense with those two guys playing defense and kind of doing the poor man Lonzo thing uh, with two just ball Hawk wing perimeter defenders around Zach DeMar and Vooch. And they went with that. Um, but I don't know, like, because I know I've seen people, some people talk about like next year, should, should the Bulls just roll with Kobe as their starting point guard? And I don't know. I don't know about that. Kobe's better, but I think they could probably still use a, another upgrade there. But uh, for right now, I would probably say, I think it was still, I understood why they didn't, but given how much they did struggle, you could also say maybe they should have tried something else sooner. They did stick. They did ride with that lineup for a pretty long time. And it was really was not going anywhere. And it was a bummer that Io just really didn't take the step that we hoped we hoped. Um, he said he's still a solid role player. Love having Io in a, whatever a 15-ish minute per game role, but clearly just not cut out to be a starting point guard, is too limited offensively. But as an energy guy, defensive guy, he is good. And I think Kobe's still pro- probably more just better as the en- another energy microwave six-man guy, but he has gotten better in terms of his handle. His defense has gotten a bit better as well in terms of uh, just whatever guarding guys straight up. We've seen him take a bunch of charges this season. We've seen him fighting a bit more around screens more. So he has gotten better. Um, so I, and I would be fine keeping Kobe now. I've always been kind of a, I have whatever, whatever with Kobe. Um, but as long as he's not get, get, doesn't get some like huge monster contract, I'm fine keeping him. And then I think he could play a really important role. If Kobe has a huge game off the bench tomorrow, that would go a long way towards the Bulls winning. All right. Other thing I want to talk about, because I'm sure most listeners to this podcast are thinking the same thing. If the Bulls beat Toronto and then beat the loser of Heat Hawks and make the playoffs and face the Bucks, they're probably going to get their asses kicked. Yeah. Right. I find I would find it very hard to believe that the Bulls win more than one game like they did last year. And I would think that they get stomped out. By Milwaukee, who is probably the title favorite entering the playoffs. Right I believe now. they are odds wise. Uh, but Bulls ownership and management will say, hey, this season was a success. Lonzo Ball didn't play a game all year. We made the play in. That was a goal of ours to qualify for the playoffs. And we made the playoffs and we're going to get two games of home ticket sales and we're going to get you know, whatever home broadcast rights you get. And the season was a success at 40 and 42. Fly the W flag <laughs> that the Cubs fly. Because the Bulls will have accomplished their goal. But 
everyone would know the Bulls are very much stuck in the middle of the NBA. They're not a bad team. They're not a good team. They're just sort of an average team, and that's not a crime. It's not a crime <laughs> to be an average team in NBA, Jason. But it would be a bit disgusting for the people on top of the organization to consider this season a success when anyone who watched this season knew it was a very frustrating season. At the same time, though, Jason, the Bulls, who once had promising lottery odds around the trade deadline, now do not have very promising lottery odds. I looked this up for a tweet just before we started recording this podcast. On the day the Bulls picked up Patrick Beverly, they had the seventh worst record in the NBA, which meant they had a 7.5% chance at the number one pick and about a 32% chance at landing in the top four and keeping their own first round pick, which is otherwise, of course, conveyed to the Orlando Magic to complete the Nikola Vucevic trade. After the Bulls signed Patrick Beverly, they end the year with the 11th worst record in a tie with the Thunder. They only have a 1.7% chance at the number one pick if they don't make the playoffs. And they have an 8% chance at the top four if if they don't make the playoffs. So, you know, signing Patrick Beverly did make the team better. It's funny, like the national media was like, do the Bulls need to tank to prioritize their lottery position? Uh, And the Bulls stood pat, but just they didn't really stand pat because they added a player who helped them. They added Patrick Beverly. (laughs) They they would have just stood pat instead of adding pat. Uh, maybe this team wouldn't have made the plan and would have had better lottery odds. Now it is worth pointing out that like towards the end of the season, a lot of these other teams tanked. tanked. The Bulls finished five games above Indiana and Washington. So like they finished pretty, they would have had to have really fallen apart, which who knows if they actually would have, I mean, the Bulls were seven games under uh, at, at the all-star break. So if they would have again, kind of bottomed out even more, maybe they did that, but Again, Pacers and Wizards both finished 12 games under 500. Magic for 14 under. Uh, they certainly could have been worse, possibly worse than Dallas, Utah. Definitely not Portland. They have a tank. So, yeah, yeah that, that's – I am glad. Like, there was a part of me at, at, at a part of the season where I was kind of like just lose – uh, and get into the, whatever, miss the play in and, and get embarrassed. Once those other teams like really started tanking, I was like, all right, like the Bulls are going to make it. Let's start winning some games and get in here. Uh, because it just would have been hard to out tank these other teams. I mean, the, the Wizards held out Beal and Kuzma, I think, for the last couple weeks. I don't even know if they were that hurt. They were just ta- holding these guys out. And again, the Pacers, their bottom fell out of them as well because they were close. I mean, the Bulls were behind those teams at various points and then they just totally fell apart. The Bulls started playing better and that was that. So, it would have been kind of difficult, probably. Even if the Bulls didn't add Beverly, I bet they still would have finished above those teams. If they would have traded guys, that's probably a totally different story. Because, because they, they tanked. So those other teams tanked yeah. so effectively. Right, yes. But, but uh, you know, it's kind of similar to the 2018 season when the Bulls signed Sean Kilpatrick and he <laughs> led them to several wins. Sean Kildraft pick. You know, Perhaps out of position to land Luka Doncic or Jaron Jackson or Trey Young or any of the great players in the 2018 draft. Uh, uh, so, I, you know, what? I assume you want the Bulls to make the playoffs, Jason? I'm pretty like, apathetic. I'm apathetic. You're apathetic. Yeah. I'm not going to. I'm not going to root for them to lose on Wednesday. Like, I will root for them to win 
If they lose, I will not care because of exactly the lottery thing. The season's been brutal. It's been a tough watch. And if they lose and at least have a chance at this to get in the top four and keep their pick, I'm fine with it because I know, we know what the final outcome is no matter what. If they get in the playoffs, they're getting absolutely destroyed by the Bucs. Would it be nice to see them win a few games here? Would it be nice to, see, again, see have like Zach get a, a big moment or two, see the young guys have big moments on, on a bigger stage? That'd be great. And if they win... Fine, that's awesome. Like, and watching playoff games is still fun, even even though like the last year, those last three games against the Bucks were absolutely awful. The first two were so were great. The Bulls were close in that game one. They steal the game two. I was talking myself into that them having a chance because Chris Middleton was out, and then of course I went to game three, and they were absolutely fucking blown off the court from the opening tip. And all three of the last games, the Bucks were right. This is that's enough of this. Then the Bulls were toast. But I still like watching playoff basketball. So like if they if they win these couple games and they make it, even if they get pummeled by the Bucks, like I'll be like whatever they got in making the playoffs can be cool. But again, on the other hand, if they do lose, they, if they could just come out and like lay a total egg tomorrow or on Wednesday, I'll laugh at them. We'll rip them. We'll make fun of them, and then they'll at least still have a chance at the lottery. And hopefully, and then in terms of like big picture stuff, then maybe that would just be more of an impetus to say like we need to do something with this roster that's just not close to good enough. I will give. I will say, in terms of the seeing the season as a success point that you had, if we take AK's word for it, he said their goal this season was to make it further than last season. That would mean winning a playoff series. So basically, they would have to go beat the Bucks for the season to be success, unless they see like them winning, taking the Bucks to six as a, as a success, because that would be technically further than last season. Uh, and obviously, that would be whatever, but. I certainly don't think the Bulls could win two games against the Bucs. I know you never know with injuries and stuff like that. Like if somehow Giannis went down, it would give the Bulls a big opportunity. But uh, as it stands right now with healthy rosters, the Bulls just probably will not be able to compete with Milwaukee. And they should recognize that the roster is flawed. And it's very just the construction is not good. And you would hope that they would make changes. But I totally understand the concern. I think a lot of Bulls fans are concerned where if they do win a couple games here, they'll use. And even if they lose to Milwaukee, they'll be, well, we played great with Patrick Beverly at the end of the year. We won these two play-in games. Uh, we got beat by the uh, title favorite, maybe even the title champion. Like, we're just going to roll this thing back again next year. I think a lot of people are worried that that could be the case. We're not going to worry about that right now. We're going to live in the moment for right now and see what happens with these games. What What is your take on this, Ricky? Are you Are you rooting for them to lose and get into the lottery instead? No. No, I feel apathetic. And now, like, you have an 8% chance to keep the pick. Right, so maybe now it's like... If they had a- yeah. Now it's like, who cares? Like, <laughs> when they had a 32% chance to keep the pick, then, you know, maybe I would have. Maybe I would have rather taken those chances in the lottery. And I do wonder, like, with the Bulls, was the front office looking at it like, well, we don't want to give up another top 10 pick in the Vooch trade. Maybe we'll give up the 11th pick instead <laughs> of yeah, maybe increasing <laughs> our own odds to, you know, actually build a successful team here. So I don't know. I do think it's possible the Bulls could jump up the lottery standings, though, because I do believe the lottery may or may not be rigged in some years. (laughs) I do think the Mavericks are getting screwed over entering the lottery with number 10, which means if one team jumps them, their pick goes to the Knicks. So I think one team is jumping the Mavs. If there was ever a year to rig the lottery, Jason, this is it. So uh, I I can say this on my podcast that I'm sure no one from the NBA League office listens to, but. Uh, do I want the Bulls to lose? No, but also when they do lose, probably in this play in tournament, possibly in the first round, 
is anyone going to be sad to see this bowl season no. end? Like it's going to no. feel worse. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the, the so. that's the, the apathetic thing. It's just like if they lose, who cares? Like we're expecting them to lose, whether it's in the play-in, whether it's in the first round. We're not. No one is ex- expecting a play-in run or a deep playoff run because it just it's totally unrealistic. They'd have to win two games on the road, then go beat Milwaukee, who's like the title favorite. It's just not realistic to expect. And that's I mean, when you have a bad season and you end up in this position, like it'd be one thing if they were. Maybe if they were like a five seed and or a six seed, maybe you'd have more of a chance. I mean, I mean, the Sixers would be a huge favorite too. And I mean, the, the Cavs are really good. The Knicks have been really good. But at least in one of those spots, you're putting yourself in much better position than having to win two games on the road, winning out, winning in, uh, or whatever, one and done, and then having to go play the fucking Milwaukee Bucks again, which will be just a brutal matchup for the Bulls, brutal matchup for most teams, but one of the best players in the league, another MVP candidate, and just their size. With Brooke in the middle and with Drew Holiday in defense. And we'll see Middleton is banged up again. We'll see what happens with him. But we know even if they just have Giannis and Brooke and Drew Holiday and they have Jerry Crowder now and Grayson Allen, that punk ass, and like Javon Carter's been playing better. And I think they'll have I think Connaughton's been hurt, but I mean there's a really and Bobby Portis, our guy Bobby Portis killed the Bulls last game, uh last week. I think he had tw- something like 27 points. There's a very deep well-rounded team and they have a com- complete fucking monster leading the whole thing. So there's no reason to think the bulls can compete again. So there's in a, in a spot where it's just like kind of whatever they lose fine. If they win, give us some exciting games. Again, if they do get, get in and play the bucks, all I ask is for them to at least compete. Just don't go out sad. Like they did last year. It was nice. That they got one game, but the fact that like the three of the, the last three losses were all 20 plus point games and just weren't competitive in the slightest. Bulls, this Bulls team is playing a bit better now, but again, we've seen them get blown out by some good teams lately as well. So it would probably be ugly, but if they do get in and they play Milwaukee, I would at least hope it's somewhat competitive. Maybe the Bucks. The Bucks have had some history of kind of like laying down like some weird games, some shooting struggles in the playoffs. And I think we kind of saw it early last year before they finally turned on the Jets and just stomped the Bulls out. But maybe the Bulls take the Bucks take the Bulls lightly and give us some competitive games. But again, the Bulls got to get there first. Got to go to Toronto and win, then either at Atlanta or at Miami, depending on what happens in that game tomorrow night between the Hawks and the Heat. But so we'll see. We'll see, Jace. I, I mean, we could end this by making predictions, but I think we both sort of feel like this game is a bit of a coin flip. Yep. We both expect a close game. And yeah, as we said earlier, you know, what I want to see is I want to see a signature Zach Levine performance. Even like, can we say this is the best game of Zach Levine's career? That's what I want to say after this game. Like right now, if I asked you what's the best performance of Zach Levine's career, whatever you're going to say, it's a meaningless regular season game. <laughs> it was like, pro- okay, you beat the Hornets. You yeah. hit 14-3. Yes. It was against the Hornets, though. No <laughs> one really cares. There needs to be some stakes. So I'm a big Zach guy. I enjoy having Zach Levine on the team. I think that while he's not a perfect player, he's a pretty damn good number two option. He had a great end NBA of the season. Ended the season very strong. Last few months. Yeah. So let's see Zach Levine. Signature game. The best signature yeah. Zach signature Levine Zach game. Levine game. game. Yeah, that's what I'd, I'd like to see. Yeah. And, uh, as a reminder for the fans, if the Bulls do beat the Raptors and then lose in the next game, they're still in the lottery. Yeah. So. Yep. 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 So that's got that looking uh, forward to. to pick, though, Jace, if I had to pick, I do think the Bulls lose this game. I would lean towards that as well, just because the Raptors, some of the matchup issues, the Raptors have been very good at home. They've been better lately as well. 
Uh, and we've seen the Bulls just kind of crumble at times on the stretch. And I think in that atmosphere with the Raptors, like chaotic defense, I could just see the Bulls again, kind of crumbling down the stretch and the Raptors kind of overwhelming them with their size and athleticism. Um, but I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Again. It wouldn't surprise me if the Bulls do pull out a close game as well. The only thing that would surprise me, I think, is a blowout. I would be surprised if either team just gets enough going offensively to really turn this into a blowout. I mean, maybe unless either of the teams just really suck offensively and it turns into like a like a 100 to 85 type game, like maybe that happens. But I'd be really surprised if any either of these teams really run away from each other. I do think it's gonna be close. It's gonna be ugly. We've talked about these games how we hate playing the Raptors because they're because they're ugly. They're just chaotic. And that's kind of what I'm expecting again in a playoff atmosphere with that pressure cooker, one and done type game. Uh, it's going to be tough. There's going to be a little pressure. Butts will be clenched and it'll, that'll be that. We'll see. All right. Yeah. What's up then? Yeah. Again, that's Wednesday night in Toronto, 6 p.m. Chicago time uh, for this one and done play in tournament game. And that is going to do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, the Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, we're part of the Blue Wire Network with the NBA playoffs starting up. Tons of great NBA podcasts all across the network. We've just added some new pods to the group as well. And so, yeah, tons of great content all across Blue Wire with the NBA playoffs starting up. Please go listen to some of the other stuff, too, if you like what we're doing here. And for us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those fun places. You can follow me at Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Follow Ricky at SBN underscore Ricky. Uh, we'll probably do a, a pod at either after the game, Wednesday or Thursday. We'll, we'll definitely do something after this Raptors game. Yes, will you be good to go for something like that? Of course. All right, awesome. Yeah, so yeah, we will be back after Bulls-Raptors. Uh, we'll see what, if it's right after the game or maybe the next day. We'll, we'll have to work that out. But um, we'll talk to you either way, win or a loss. We'll be here. We'll we'll break it down for you guys. So this has been this episode of Cash Considerations Chicago Bulls Podcast, the play-in tournament edition. We will talk to you guys next time.